Welcome to Encounter Night. I'm so glad you guys are joining us. My name's Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team. And li like we just sang about, like we just said, we're here. We, we, we come here Saturday night after Saturday night after Saturday night. Why are we here? Because God's here. God's here. And we want to meet with him. We want to experience him. And I just I, I want to encourage you, 678. That if you lean into worship, if you lean in, if you pay attention and look for God, you will find him. That's a promise in scripture. Amen? A Amen? Amen. Hey, awesome. Hey, we just got just a short talk tonight, and then we're going to get back to some worship and a way to respond to God tonight. But we're going to continue on in our Remain series. Can you say Remain? Remain, right? We're looking in this series, we're looking at Jesus' final words to his disciples before he goes back to, before he goes to the cross and then to the grave and then back to heaven, right? And so the question we wonder, this is Jesus' final speech, right? His, uh, his last lecture, what wisdom is he going to give his disciples so they can stay faithful once he's gone? Here's the wisdom. As you go, remain in Jesus. As you go, remain in Jesus. And from Jesus' final words in John 13 through 17, this series, we're looking at what are the ways that we can actually remain in God. Not just visit God, not just every once in a while remember God, but remain in God. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to jump right in right now. The verses are going to be on the screen. We're going to read John chapter four, the second half of John chapter 14. And so Jesus is speaking, and he says this. If you love me, keep my commands. Keeping it, keeping it simple, right? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. We also call that the Holy Spirit, right? The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit is promised to be sent and be with the followers of Jesus. Jesus goes on. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Do you see that? Jesus promises to come and be with his followers. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, the bad one, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Again, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Do you see that? The Father is promised to come and be with the followers of Jesus. Jesus finishes. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace, God's own peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. 
If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Now, I just want to highlight two things from this passage briefly. Are you with me, 678? You with me? You ready to receive from God tonight? Amen. Come on. Grab your hand out if you're ready to take some notes. First, in verse 15 through 17, the Holy Spirit is promised to come and be with the followers of Jesus. Three verses later, Jesus is promised to be with his followers. Three verses later, the Father is promised to come and be with the Father, the, the followers of Jesus. Do you know what that is? The whole Trinity, right? The Holy Spirit the Son, and the Father, God himself in all fullness is being promised to come and be with you if you are a follower of Jesus. Now, quick, look at the end of verse 23. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. That phrase, make our home with them. The word home is a noun, and a noun is a? It's a person, place, or thing. Good. Proud of you. Proud of you, right? Or an idea, as m- most of you guys should know, right? So home, it's a noun, right? Now in Greek, which is the language the New Testament was written in, the Greek word for home, that's a noun, but you could change that word a little bit to make it a verb, right? Guess what that verb is in English? Remain. It's remain, right? And so what's happening, in other words, when Jesus says that he and the Father and the Spirit will make their home with us, God is saying that, He will remain with us. Did you hear that? Here we are. We're doing this series. We're saying like six, seven, eight. You got to remain with God. We're calling you remain with God. You'll experience abundant life. But the real secret is God wants to remain with you. Six, seven, eight. And that's the first point. You can write this down. The only way that we're able to remain in God is in the first place. God wants to remain with you. And I feel like some of you six, seven, need to hear that. You're not convinced that God wants you. And you need to hear that God wants you. God wants you so much he sent his son to die just for the chance that you might say yes to him. God wants to remain with you. And it's because of that that we can remain in him. If remain is the verb of home, what that means is God wants to home in you. Right? And he's calling us to home in him. Take a second, close your eyes. When I say, I mean it, take a second, close your eyes. When I say home, what comes into your mind? It's probably a house or a place, but take it further than that. It's also people. It's a feeling of safety, comfort, rest, peace. I see myself coming home from a long day at work and seeing my girls come to greet me, right? Glory's faster than easy, so she gets to me first. And she hugs me, and then she starts chattering away a million words a minute. Right? Then Evie kind of stumbles over and, like, falls into my arms, right? And then she wants me to hold her for the rest of the night. <laughs> and Kayla's just waiting there behind them with a beautiful smile on her face. We snuggle together, the family on the couch by the fire. We read a silly book. We sing before we eat dinner. I exhale because I'm home. When I say home, what comes to mind for you 
six, seven, eight. Maybe it's a place, a certain people, or a feeling. Most of all, home is a place that you come back to every day. You come back to this place to be at peace, to be at rest. Six, seven, eight. This is what we're being invited to. We are invited to home in God. Why? Because God wants to home in you. Six, seven, eight. We're invited in every moment of every day to come be with God and live in his peace, live in his rest. Listen again to verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you want that kind of peace? Six, seven, eight. A peace that passes all understanding. That instead of your circumstances changing your peace, your peace could change your circumstances. Right? Six, seven, eight. Instead of anxiety about your grades, you could have peace because you know, you know you're valuable because God loves you, not because of your report card. Instead of anxiety over what other people think about you, you can have peace because you already know what God thinks about you. Six, seven, eight. Instead of anxiety over any other circumstances in your life, you can have peace knowing that God is sovereign. That means he's in control over the different circumstances in your life. Jesus' peace is different than any other peace the world can offer because Jesus, nothing can shake Jesus. And so nothing can shake Jesus' peace. That's what he's, he's inviting you to home there. To live, to come back every day and live in this unshakable peace. And you might hear that and you're like, yes, that's what I want. I want to home in God. I want God to home in me. How do I do that? And he, so here's the second point. You can write this down. We remain in Jesus by making space for Jesus to remain in us. We remain in Jesus by making space for Jesus to remain in us. Remember, God wants this. God wants this. It's never a question of whether or not God wants to come to you. God wants to be with you. Whether or not God wants to speak to you, God does. It's, the question is, are we going to make space to receive that in our lives and in our hearts? How do we do that? In, in a single word, over and over th from this passage, obey. Obey. Remember how all three, the Spirit, Son, and Father, the presence of God is promised? Listen again to this one idea that comes before each of them. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands, then Jesus will send the Holy Spirit. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and then Jesus will be with them. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and then the Father will make his home in them. Do you see that, 6, 7, 8? So for whatever reason, we, we separate this idea of love and obedience. And we're like, yeah, I love God, but I don't do what he says. Biblically... Your love for God is proven by your obedience to him. So 6, 7, 8, it's as simple as this. If you want to experience God, obey him, and God will show up in your life. It's that simple. Sometimes I hear people saying like, oh, I feel like I, I don't really hear God's voice. I feel like I'm not hearing, uh, experiencing God's presence. I'm like, well, what are you reading in the Bible lately? They're like, well, I'm not really reading the Bible. I'm like, of course you're not hearing his voice. You know, it's like, well, I'm like, well, where are you going? Oh, I'm not going to church right now. 
Of course you're not feeling his presence, right? Six, seven, eight. Your love for God is proven by your obedience to him. And as you obey him, that's the way that you make space for him to come into your life. And, and you can really experience his transforming love and power. Before all three promises of God's presence is the conditional, if you love and obey God. Right? Obedience to Christ is an indication of genuine love with him. To put it super simply, if you obey God, it proves that you love him. If you say that you love God, but you unrepentantly don't do what he says, it shows that you actually don't love him, right? And that may sound extreme, but I want to clarify something. I don't say that to say, yeah, it proves that you don't love God, so get out of here. That's not what I'm saying. Never hear that at 678. That's never our attitude, right? If, if, you, if you recognize, like, yeah, that's me right now. I'm not obeying God. That's revealing something about me. What we're saying here at 678 is, so get in here, right? Come join this family that's not perfectly, but determinedly seeking to obey God. That's what we're doing here at 678. No one here is perfect, and if anyone's pretending they are, they're not, right? But we are a family that says, even though I'm not perfect, I'm determined to grow in obeying God more than I did yesterday. And as I do that, I believe that more than yesterday, I'm going to experience him, and I'm going to love him more because I'm seeking to obey him more. Six, seven, eight, that's who we are as a family. We are seeking to love God through our whole lives, not just with our words, but with our actions, with our obedience. Aiden, you can come up. And we're going to get back to worship in just a second. No one in here perfectly obeys God. But if we repent when we fail, God comes close to us. Six, seven, eight. And over time, we're transformed so that we fail less and less. I just want to remind you guys, it's not about being good enough to get God's presence. That's not what this is about. God wants to be with you. God is making his presence available, and as you respond to that, then you receive the fullness of his blessing, the fullness of his presence. And so as, as we get ready to kind of reflect on this and respond in worship, I want you to just imagine something with me. Imagine a really, a really big house, right? And it's got lots of rooms. Imagine uh, it's got, you know, it's got a kitchen, it's got a dining room, it's got bedrooms, it's got bathrooms, it's got a basement, maybe uh, if you're into video games, it's got an arcade, right? It's like a big house, right? Ima imagine this house in, in, your, in your mind, right? And when you, when you accept Jesus into your life for the first time, you kind of just let him in the front door, right? And you're like, welcome! <laughs> this, you're, you're, you're welcome into my house now, God. This is awesome, right? And then the, but sometimes, at least if you're anything like me, it's a slow process of letting Jesus into each room, right? Sometimes you're like, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You can be in my life. But uh, when I'm hanging out with these friends, I'm still going to talk the way they do. I'm still going to talk about the things they do. I'm still going to do those things, right? So when I'm hanging out with my, I don't know, my basketball friends, uh, that basketball room, that's closed, right? Uh, but you can be in the rest of the house, Jesus. That's cool, right? Six, seven, eight. As we follow Jesus, we, we're seeking to let Jesus into every area 
of our lives. We're seeking to open up every single room in the house to him. And so what I'm calling you guys to is I'm calling you to an encounter with God tonight, right? And, and here's the promise, that if you obey God, God always encounters you <laughs> when you obey. God always responds to obedience. And so I want us to each take a second to pause and think, is there an area of my life is there a room in my house that I'm keeping closed to God? Maybe, maybe it's uh, something secret that you're keeping from your parents. Maybe it's, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just a, a secret that you're keeping from everyone. Right? Maybe it's a, a habit that you don't want anyone else to know about. Or maybe it's a habit that other people do know about, but you're just like, you know what? I pray, but I don't pray about that thing, right? Maybe it's the way you talk or act with certain friends, right? And you know what God's word has to say about this. You know that God is inviting you to more, and you've never brought that to Jesus. But right now you're realizing, no, I love God, and that means I'm going to obey him. And that means I'm going to confess this to God and I'm going to turn away and walk in the opposite direction towards Jesus. So 6, 7, 8, I want you all to take a minute and pray. Just close your eyes and ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you, is there a room in my house I've not opened up to you? Is there an area of my life that I need to surrender to God? And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then in a moment, Aiden's going to lead us in a song of worship. And then Jake will give us some more instructions about how we're going to continue to respond to God's love and invitation tonight.